What's up, ladies and gentlemen? The Podfather Nate here from the Journey into Comics podcast, the flagship show of the Journey into Comics network. I just want to make sure you guys know you can tune in every single Monday for a brand new episode of our show, where if it's comic book related, we've got you covered. The following is a Journey into Comics network production. I'm a dude who likes brews. It's time for Brews with Dudes. Ah, juicy. Good evening, and welcome to another episode of Brews with Dudes. I'm your host, Nick Maxson, sitting here once again with Casey Taylor, Duncan North and Pub. How are you doing, Casey? Doing fantastic. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I feel like we say the same thing every time we introduce you. I know. I got to do something different. I got to start doing butts, 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 something like that. How's it going, Casey? Yep. There we go. Just stole that. Awesome. And we are sitting down here. We're getting ready for the Shorts Brewing Company. Is that right? You did well. Yes. Shorts Brewing Company. We're getting ready to do a chapter take up with these guys. We're sitting here with... Carrie from Shorts. From Shorts. She's going she's gonna to walk us through a couple of the brews. Uh, we're also sitting here with, uh, with Mr. Uh, Peter. Mr. Peter. <laughs> See, that one brew, we, we just recorded an episode a little before this, and apparently it got in my head a little bit. Remember, he's already a little fuzzy. It's only 7, 7, 7.30. Goodness gracious. Um, so, that being said, let's not waste any time. Uh, what are we starting with tonight? Uh, this first beer that we've got in front of us is called Soft Parade. This is a 7.5% golden ale that we add a little bit of flaked rye and then fresh strawberry, blueberry, blackberry, and raspberry puree. There is a pound of fruit for every gallon of wort that you've got in there, um, and we add all of the fruit prior to fermentation. So you're going to get a lot of the berry on the nose, but it is not sweet like most fruit beers. You kind of get just berry, and then it's a little bit like adjacent to a blush wine, if you will. Gray summer beer. Gray summer beer. Seven and a half. We uh, we sampled earlier. Uh, we had some of the beers earlier, and that was kind of the thing that when we put the board together, we always do a little description of what it is and the alcohol content. I was like, crap, these would have really got me. I'm glad that I knew this because it does not taste like seven and a half percent. Super crushable. Um, so this is one of Joe Short, the owner of Short's Brewing. It's one of his original beers that he made back when we opened in 2004. Um, and where we're at up in northern Michigan, there's a lot of wine drinkers up there. So he was trying to make a beer that would cater to non-beer drinkers. Uh, and the original working name for this beer was Ye Old Leg Spreader, <laughs> which uh, <laughs> you can understand why after you drink a little bit yeah. of it. Because, uh, and you I've, probably didn't have to worry about trademarks. No, That's at that point in time, it was fine. Yeah. Is some of the trademarks, the infringement, we talked about some of the labels and names and how a lot of breweries like to live in that gray area. The old leg spreader. Indeed. Yes. It actually, uh, it happened prior to that. Joe's uh, then girlfriend, now wife, Leah was working at the pub and she basically told him that she was sick of people coming up and ordering that beer from them yeah. or from her. Uh, and so she demanded that he come up with a new name or she was going to quit. So that was kind of, yeah, so then, can I please get the leg spreader, which, that is that is not going to happen. Please stop asking. Yeah. Wow. So you said northern Michigan. Yes. 
Uh, we are in Bel Air, which is about 40 minutes northeast of Traverse City. So still the Lower Peninsula, but up in the Lower Peninsula. Okay, I was yeah. just there last week. My wife's from Harrison, which is like two hours yeah. south of the UP. So we did the whole go up to Mackinac Island. It's a good thing to do. To, uh, what is that? The Bear Ranch up there. Yeah, you went to Oswald's Bear Ranch That's in the awesome. UP. It's a lovely place. The guy that runs it's just a professional badass. He literally was a Marine, a cop, a firefighter, a professional boxer, and raises bears. Yeah, and you can you there, can hold bears. Yeah, they have like two hundred. It's the only one in America. Literally, while we were there, they had cubs. He just sat in this cage with like four cubs and they were just running around wild like climbing stuff the moment he came in they all jumped on him started licking him he ended up bleeding because they were trying to show him love and they have claws but he just was a man about it but it was cool it was one of the coolest places i've ever been and then there was a huge waterfall up there Tequamanan falls yes. would be Tequamanan falls would be where you went yes one of the prettiest things i've ever seen it was awesome. Very coppery colored water from all of the rocks up there. And they did have a brewery there, and they had a maple stout that mm -hmm. was really awesome because the water is essentially maple colored from the sediment. It actually, when the water flows down, it's brown. Not it's like a dirty brown. It's clear. It's weird because it's ridiculously yeah. clear, but it's like uh, this weird copper color. I didn't no. go into it, but I would they say They do no. not, no. And there's also a fun fact that uh, it's in a state park, so it's one of, I think, maybe the only, if not one of the only breweries in a state park. Just in you with knowledge. The UP is a magical place. Yeah. Everybody should go there at some yeah, point in time. Yeah, Island was awesome, too. I haven't made it that far. I think I've only made it as far as, what is it, Grand Rapids? Grand Rapids. That yep. That was another, Mackinac Island is actually a state park. Mm -hmm. The people, they have these one to six million dollar homes on it and they actually only own the home they mm -hmm. don't own the land that's on the state does so if your house burns down you have to have one wall to rebuild it if there's not tough break learn that and get out there's also no cars on mackinac island nope, it's all no motorized vehicles on mackinac no island you have to take a ferry yeah i was out on that i took a carriage Horses are horrifying. <laughs> like well, I mean, they're just huge, and I don't want to make them mad because I'm going to lose against the horse every time. Yes, yes. So, yes, that's how I feel. That's fair. And then my niece, who's 15, 5 foot, and 110 pounds, is like a state champion barrel racer, jumps them, is on them all the time. Yeah, and I'm like 6'3", 220, and I'll, I'm out. I'm out. No. So this next one is just kind of a nice variation on what you just drank. We make this only in the summertime. It's called Soft Parade Shandy. So we basically take that same beer you just had, make our own lemonade in-house, and then blend that in prior to packaging. Uh, takes it down to about 4.2%. So uh, we all realized we want stuff that we can drink on a boat, you know, or at a campground or anything along those lines. Yeah, that's what I really like about the variants in the Soft Parade and the Shandy. The Soparate has that crushable, awesome taste, 7.5%. Yes, exactly. Completely, you will lose to. And then they have the Shandy, which is 4.2, which for people out there, like a domestic light is like 3.94%. So it's almost a light beer, essentially. But it has a ton of flavor. So the other one is the Sprint, and this one's the Marathon. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, that's we make Soparate year-round, so that way when you still want to have fun and it's freezing out, you can. 
like Thank you. Yeah. Um, you can really tell that it's the homemade lemonade in there. You know, there's no high, high, high fructose corn syrup or anything along those lines. And I think that that makes a big difference in there. You can drink six of these and not have that awful, like, sweet stomach rot that you get from a lot of, uh, a lot of sugary shandies. So it's pretty great. Really? I'm sorry we're not supporting that. I'm not sorry at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not necessarily proud of. Um, we make good beer, though. We got a lot of, we got a lot of good breweries. There is a lot of good breweries up here. That is for sure. Four or five, but they're all pretty, pretty quality. Yeah, pretty quality breweries to have. Yeah, that's one of the fun things. Um, I cover the whole state of Indiana for us, and it's been really fun to like get into places that I would never would have went to otherwise. Like being from Michigan originally, I, there's no, I would have had no reason to come to Lafayette if it wasn't for this job. And then you come and you're like, there's so much awesome stuff here. Like. Yeah. It's a lot of really great things. So, yeah, I enjoy it a bunch. Are you guys talking about the awesome breweries in Michigan? We actually were talking about Lafayette. Oh, I'm always jealous of Michigan. You go up there, and it's like you just take a whole week and There's just so go. Many. There's so many awesome breweries up there. Do you it, know how many breweries are in Michigan? Um, I know that it is over 430 at this mm. point in time. I would say we, I don't think it's gotten to 200 yet. It's come a long yep. way in the last five or ten years. We did not have a lot. But, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like you go to every – I feel like every time you go through any little city in Michigan, they have some cool you little <laughs> unique brewery like the state park one. You know, like mm -hmm. we're in a state park. I'm going to see a waterfall. In 08, there's Lodge 33 with its own brewery. And it's like this is awesome. Yeah, and it's happened. I mean, back in like 2011, I think we had under 200 as well. So that really has happened within the last seven years that it's like everybody is kind of caught on to that. And I've seen so many small towns that had really no kind of tourism aspect, nothing going on. And then they got a brewery and that's what happened. Like the town that we're in is a population of 1,200 people. So like it's tiny and again, we opened up in 2004. We've done four expansions on our pub at this point in time, and now 500 people can come to the pub. Um, I was just up here this week, and on Wednesday night, we still had like a 45-minute wait for a table. And you're like, that's, that's crazy. But it's just because you, you create a destination, and then a whole bunch of other stuff comes in. So now we've got, in the town of Bel Air, there's also a meat and cider place. A distillery is going in like two blocks down from us. So mead. it's kind of it cool. It keeps coming up. We want to do a mead. You should totally do a mead night. Yeah, we're, there's only one, I think, one, a couple that were in the state, but it just seems like we keep going to these different places. And when I was in Mackinac Island, mm -hmm. they had just had a mead tap takeover. Yeah. And uh, I forget the brews. It was something Viking-ish. It was like they had Eric the Red stuff and things like that. Dragon mead? Might have been dragon mead. Uh, yes, yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah, they do meads and beers. I want to go to dragon mead. It looks like a castle, doesn't it? No. No? No. They just got the pictures. You they got pictures go that make it, it look like that. Like I'm gonna get, yeah, I love it. Might wear like a costume and stuff, you know, but not if it's not actually, you know, a castle. I don't just feel that silly. I think that they would really be okay with you coming in dressed that way, knowing the people that I know at Dragon Mead, they're gonna be fine with you showing up like prepared for that. Yeah. But that's one of the the fun things that we talk about is. Every time we talk to a different brewery, the craft beer scene, everyone's cool with everyone. Mm -hmm. You don't hear anyone say bad things about other one to promote themselves. It's always like, hey, if you're into this, go try this place out. Figure out your own beer journey, what you like. Check out this brewery. Check out this brewery. And ultimately, it is really best for everyone to get people out of just the mindset of what they deem, deem a beer is to go try out these different places. And like you said, it's a destination. You go to a new city. 
see what they have, and then go get you a beer and check it out. But you might not have been to otherwise. Exactly. Yeah, it creates this whole kind of great environment for it. And, you know, we at this point in time are still still clawing at market share against domestic beer. So there's no reason to be worried about the competition amongst the craft market when you have so much room to grow to take from the big guys, essentially. So it works out well. That's very true. Exactly. You're going to keep drinking Coors. You're going to keep drinking Bud Light. Like, at least I can say if I'm drinking the same beer, I've had a hundred different varieties of that. You know? That's very true. Which, that's a good segue with the next beer that we're going to drink. Because yeah, a little, this looks a little different than the ones that we, we've been drinking. Yeah, yeah. So this is uh, Huma Lupalicious. This is our flagship IPA. Um, so, yeah, again, that thing where you've probably had a lot of IPAs, but you might not have had this one. Um, so this is a 7.7%. 96 IBUs, uh, primarily dry hopped with Columbus hops in there, and then we use a little bit of hop resin as well. Um, it's, what is it, Columbus, Cascade, Chinook, Palisade, and not Citra. It's the other C1. I always do this. Yes, say, hey, thank you. I always miss one of them, and it's never the same one. Like you get going through it, and I can't keep track. Yeah, so um, I always describe this as a very traditional, like, Midwest IPA. If you think the realm of Centennial from Founders or Two-Hearted from Bells, it's going to fit in that same vein. I really, the, the smell is definitely unique, and I did like the taste. It almost has, like, a minty taste to it. I get that very from a lot, yeah, where you get a very kind of, like, a little bit of a, a mint forward to it. Minty, that's it. It's got a minty like a, flavor like a to it. Minty, but like a... No. You know, uh, Brew Link has the double mint Oreo. It almost has that kind of mint kick to it. And I like that. I like that. Really? I have not had that one. I. Yeah, I do. I do. I always tell people if, if you're into like chocolate mint anything, mm -hmm. you'll love it. If you're not, don't. You're going to hate it. it. Yeah. yeah. We, like, we like the weird novelty. Like, we just did an episode with uh, it's from a place called Weldworks out in Colorado. Okay. And it was a nut, we had a nutty bar stout, oatmeal, oatmeal cream, cream pie, and a red velvet cake. Red velvet cake, golden stout. Just totally weird things, but you could, like, the nutty bar one, like, tasted peanut buttery like wild I think with this what I do like is like you said a lot of times people when you have the IPAs there's kind of a general thought process to what it tastes like mm -hmm. so I feel like each brewery kind of needs to bring their own you know something to it and this does taste different than other IPAs and we talk about that like I, I'll be the first to admit Two years ago, I didn't even drink IPAs because sure. I was a I don't like IPA guy. Yeah. And then it turns out I didn't realize what I liked as far as IPAs. And then you start trying them, the styles, New England, everything. And once you open up to it, you start realizing what you do and do not like. And I do like that this beer has its own IPA twist to it. Kind of unique flavor profile. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we have, um, I think the last time I looked at our uh, recipe database, there's over 460 different recipes that Shorts has brewed over the course of 14 years. Um, so there's a lot of different Damn. things that we have made. Um, between our production facility and the pub, we make a we have a requirement from our brewers to come up with new recipes every year just to kind of keep pushing the boundaries and see what you can see, that's do. That's good to hear. That's yeah. good to hear. So, um, 
was kind of fun. You know, we're, we're definitely doing kind of our core lineup with you guys tonight. So you're getting an idea of kind of our bread and butter, if you will. Um, but then there are a lot of other weird and unique things. Um, our summer seasonal that we have out right now is called Melt My Brain, and it's a gin and tonic inspired beer. So it's a golden ale with lime, a little coriander, a little juniper, and then we make our own tonic water in-house and blend it into the keg. Uh, that one's about 4% as well. Uh, and another one similar to Soft Parade Shandy where you can just you can just drink it a whole bunch. Yeah. And, yeah. Everyone did. I'm just Everyone in a gin did. and tonic phase, like eternally. Like I can't, I can't get out of it, which is fine. Um, but that one's really fun. We do, uh, and that's a silver medal winner at GABF. We did another one called Bloody Beer, which is a Bloody Mary beer, where we actually immerse and blend Roma tomatoes directly into it. Uh, this last year, one of our pub brewers made a beer called Ants on a Lager, which was uh, peanut butter, raisin, uh, celery in a lager, which actually worked really well, which was shocking, because who would have thought that would work? That was one where we came up with a name. Yeah. See, that, yeah. that's fun. That's what I like about it is I felt like a few years back, if you went to a lot of breweries, you would kind of see the standard list, mm-hmm. you know, the, the check mark. Everyone had their, you know, your brown, your IPA, your, you know, like just the standard. And it's fun to see everybody kind of playing with their own recipes and introducing their own beers and stuff. And it's like that's the fun, I think, and why people travel and do it is you go into this brewery and like I know Nick and I do this. We go and it's like, all right, what's weird? Yeah. What, what weird do you have? What, what can we look up What's the craziest thing up? that you guys have got going yep. on right now? Yeah. Yeah, well, that's pretty fun. I've got a, uh, got a vacation coming up this week. We're going to the northeast end of Ohio. So, of course, I'm like, all right, where are we going? Where are we going to be able to stop? We've got a couple places lined up. We, we drank a lot of Ryan Guys, but I think we're going to stop at the Ryan Guys facility and check that out. What are the Jackie O's? Jackie O's is an absolutely excellent call. Um, yeah, that's one one of my favorite breweries in the state of Ohio, for sure. Um, Athens? Athens, yeah. So it's it's south. It's going to be southeast Ohio. So that's kind of the opposite direction of where you're going. But, like, you, you might want to just change your whole trip and go there instead. Like, I'm just being honest. <laughs> it's fine. All right, are we are. Highly unlikely for that. Bel Air Brown, yeah. So this is a classic American brown ale, um, as an homage to the town of Bel Air, where we're at. The label is actually the clock tower in Bel Air, across the street from our pub. Um, and I always like putting this beer in front of people because browns are so incredibly overlooked and it makes sense because browns are usually incredibly mediocre. I think that browns are often very sweet and cloying and sticky on the palate. Um, this guy is 7% and it's just what I think a brown should be. You know, I think that it's got a really just kind of classic brown. It's a dry finish. That's very good. I like how smooth it is. I think a lot of times I think of some of the brown beers that I've had and a lot of them have the kind of not good aftertaste mm-hmm. that finds you kind of most redoing the tongue on the top of your mm-hmm. roof of your mouth. Like, mm, that kind of didn't sit right. And this is very smooth. Crushable 7%. Crushable 7%. If there's one thing that shorts can do for you, it's give you a bunch of alcohol and have you not notice it. Crushable 7%. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to bode well for tonight. And I appreciate the 7 good. I appreciate the seven, not the eight. I think yeah. if you're stuck in the eights and the nines, it's like... Then you're like... You're <laughs> limiting my beer, yes. You your palate into thinking, this is supposed to be my ass. I'm going to take it easy. 
It took me years to figure out the two hearted moves over 7%. So I would just slam them. And they don't make it easy on the label to see it. And then I, it literally took a year or two before I was like, oh man, that's why I can only drink five or six of these before I'm feeling silly. I like that you can drink five or six of them before you start to feel silly. Well, What's I'm name? Yeah, yeah, it's fair. I've <laughs> been practicing, which is very important. Yeah, this definitely does not taste like your typical brown. It smells sweet, but it goes down really easy. That's what I'm a fan, the aftertaste. I, yeah. That's, that's my favorite part of this is the aftertaste. Like I said, the browns always feel like are a lot thicker, heavier kind of sit heavier mm -hmm. and this is just super easy to drink really clean yeah usually with the brown i feel like i'm just drinking like a mediocre porter essentially and this you're like oh yeah that's that's why people like brown ales that makes sense i can, I can get behind that a couple, a couple months ago i had like two or three that was totally totally killer and i finally got one and i'm like oh i'll take the porter i tried it i'm like this is right in like porters what the fuck is this <laughs> See, I like. I'm reminded of like, oh, there's still bad, there's still bad ones out there. Yeah, I feel like I try a lot of brown ales and ambers because I went through the non-IPA, but yeah. I still like craft beers, mm -hmm. and this is definitely one of the better brown, brown ales I've had. I've only had a few that I like. It was when it was working at Taze, and uh, this new brewery in town. He, when we first opened, he was wanting a little bit of everything. And I really, really like the brown, and he had an amber that I like. I wasn't this might be the second or third brown that I actually like. So. That's high praise. Bravo. Bravo mm. That's a good one. I don't think I've had any of those except the Huma. I've had the Huma before. Which is a great name to point out real quick. Huma Lupalicious. I always want to see, like, with people, like, at the beginning of the night, say it. In a couple hours, I want to hear you re-say that. <laughs> Man, for the most part, people can't say it at the beginning of the night. Like, it's, oh, yeah. it gets a little tricky. Like, like, uh, I really like uh, my favorite thing that people usually give me is you'll be at a beer festival and somebody will come up and be like, hey, man, can I get that Oompa Loompa beer from you? And you're like, sure, that's fine. I get you it. can have that. I know, I know what, what you mean. That's fine. Yeah, whatever. Keeps things interesting for sure. Yeah, we do. Um, Huma is Joe Short's favorite beer. Like, that's his, his favorite thing that we make um, and one of his originals. So it's kind of his baby. Um, and so we do this thing called Huma Hump Day. And every Wednesday, Joe or somebody else at Shorts or really anybody in the world does something ridiculously cool and then drinks a Huma at the end of it. Uh, so Joe has, like, done 100 skis on a water uh, or water skiing slaloms and then drank a Huma afterwards or, like, dove down into a frozen lake to fetch a huma out of the bottom of it or just ridiculous stuff like that which oh, is really fun yeah, you I gotta mean, do something cool on Wednesday and then drink a huma it's important yeah can you give us a little more background on shorts yeah absolutely Jeff's the worries out there it sounds pretty interesting yeah so uh, Joe uh, Joe. that's alright I got you that's alright it's a J name you were close enough so huma, Joe huma. Uh, started brewing when he was 19 he went to Western Michigan University. Uh, he's 39 at this point in time, right now. Um, and he wanted to make beer because he's a touch awkward. And he was like, if I make beer, then people will think I'm cool. And he also put together that you can go to a brewery supply store and buy everything that you need to make beer without being 21. So it was just kind of industrious in that way. So he started brewing when he was 19 because you can. Yeah, you don't get carded if you go to buy the, the ingredients to make beer. Yeah. Smart guy. Smart guy. 
He's clever. Um, yeah, so he started brewing. Uh, he was actually going to school for woodworking and um, kind of kept at that for a little bit. He ended up dropping out of school when he was 21 on the recommendation of one of his professors because he kept bringing his professor samples of the beer he had made. And his professor was like, you're really good at this and it feels like it's what you want to do. So maybe you should consider that. Um, so he apprenticed at three different breweries in Michigan. All three of the breweries that he apprenticed at are now shut down, which... Uh, Two of them, like, he left because they shut down, so it was kind of part of his trajectory to get on to something else. Um, found out that there was a, an old warehouse in Bel Air, Michigan, which that's the area of, of Michigan where he's from, uh, and was just like, screw it, I'm going to put a brewery in there. So he wrote the mission statement when it was uh, 2003, and he would have been 24 at the time when he wrote the kind of the mission statement for shorts. Uh, which when I hired into the company, I read that. I was like, damn, I was not doing anything with my life when I was 24. And he wrote this like majestic thing about who we are and what we're going to do. Um, he then just bought old dairy equipment and started loading it into the brewery, like the warehouse at that point in time, without pulling any permits, had no idea what he actually needed to do to open a brewery. So got stopped by the town and then called one of his best friends from college who was from Britain. His name is Scott and was like, Scott, uh, I need you to be the business guy behind this. So basically the two of them got together and took care of everything from there. That's kind of the, the origin of Shorts Brewing. Yeah. 14 years later, yeah. We just celebrated 14 years at the end of April. So, yeah, so now we've got a pub with a seven-barrel system, and then we have a production facility about 25 minutes from the brewery, literally across the street from Lake Michigan. It's, like, one of the best places to have a brewery. You know, you can walk out on your lunch break and go jump in the bay if you want to, which is pretty amazing. Uh, yeah, and that's... That's been cruising since 2008. That's when we opened that up. We're actually doing a massive expansion right now, putting in three 280-barrel fermenters and then a full, like, grown-up canning line and all kinds of business. So, which I guess that's the other fun fact. We're the third largest brewery in Michigan. So, founders, then Bells, then us for wow, capacity. that's saying a lot. I could have guessed those. Yeah, the first two yeah, I Makes nailed. sense, yeah, yeah. I would have nailed the first two, but yeah. Yes, we are. That's awesome. Yeah, so it's pretty fun for me being a person from Michigan and, like, taking that to Indiana because so many people in Indiana are like, who the fuck is shorts? I have no idea who you guys are or what you're doing. And then being able to be like, actually, we kind of know what we're doing. It's okay. <laughs> people well, know a, us. I mean, that's kind of what Nick and I have been doing, and we've been trying to bring as many new beers to yeah. people that are beer drinkers and doing that and doing these podcasts and doing the tap takeovers and uh, we go to a lot of the beer releases, like we go down to 450 North yeah. uh, in Columbus, and a lot of the beer releases, part of it is we get there two hours early, there's a big line, but people love sharing, sharing beers. Everyone Absolutely. Loves standing in line, talking beer, sharing beers, so it's always part of it is people keep bringing beers over, and you have things like a shorts where you're like, I did not know what this beer is, this is awesome, I'm going <laughs> to try to see if I can't you know, get some of this. And, sure. And, and shout out to John Kirby, who's my Cavalier rep. And a so total babe. He does a good job <laughs> of some of these beers that we're talking about, and he knows what we're trying to do, telling us you guys should really do one of these tap takeovers. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. I always like uh, being a part of something where you can tell that the people actually care about what they're doing. It's, uh, it's nice to see. Nice. Um, and I've been homebrewing for a couple of years. Now I'm working at a brewing room here. Um, and when we started booking down here primarily, it's like, man, if we're going to be down here all the time, we're going to have to start ordering some more beer. <laughs> so, so it's been a lot of fun uh, just getting all sorts of different stuff. 
I'm sure people are going to dig the hell out of this stuff. I bet you're going to slam through the shame via the... Soft parade and the soft parade. Soft parade. Yeah, those aren't going to... Yeah. Yeah. Especially in the summer, that's one of the things like us doing a tap takeover in June. It's always nice to find the breweries that have a couple summer beers. Sure. And the Sop Parade and the Sop Parade Shandy just nail that. Kind of no brainers for yeah. that. Yeah. Perfect. It's a good call. Let's stop sitting here talking about the beer. Let's go, let's go up to the bar and, and drink some more. How does that sound? Delightful. Uh, thank you guys for joining us. Yeah, Hell yeah. Thank you. Butts, butts, butts. Butts, butts, butts. Thanks for paying attention. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you're paying attention to the Journey to Comics Network. And we'll see you next time on another episode of Bruise with Dudes.